Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Uh, guys, we all remembered our identities. We don't have to go, go through a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, that's true. Don't have we should to just no. start talking about the movie just like right there. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no just trim no fat. We're just jumping in. Just like those those men had to get him out of the water. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that tracks. That, don't yeah. have confidence. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I ain't you're right. I am worth it. Yeah. Um, you could you could wear a a fuzzy turtleneck and uh wander around Europe shooting I, people. I could I could trawl for a spell. Yeah. Yeah, and then go hang out in Europe for a while. That'd be fun. But sadly, the government doesn't want to send me to kill people. <laughs> no, they, they... CIA, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> I've never held a firearm. <laughs> we can cause international incidents if you want. That's fine. Judge, a joke. It's still a joke, Judge. We're, we'll fail to kill anybody, but, you know, yeah. we'll, it'll make you look really bad. Yeah, that, it'll be if like... You, if it'll that's be like what you need the, right now, we're, we're your guys. It'll be like in the loop where we just... Miscommunication freaks everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, just, we just go over and tell Justin Trudeau, well, you know what so-and-so said about you. <laughs> I heard the Prime Minister said your socks are silly. And he's like, what are you saying? That's probably how he talks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm so cute. <laughs> Who cares about my past indiscretions? Ah, I'm adorable. So, so Trudeau is the the French one and not the Canadian one. <laughs> yes, he's not. Is does he? Guys, let's just get into it. Does he have power over Quebec? <laughs> That's a great question. We Ke- won't answer that on this podcast. Um, we're talking about the Born Identity, Alex. Would you like to continue? Sure. <laughs> The Born Identity, the first of five Born films uh, from 2002, directed by Doug Lyman, has an 84% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 93% audience score. Uh, before we go any further, um, obviously we've decided to do the Born movies. I think the plan for right now is that we're going to do the first three. And then maybe do some catch-up movies or another franchise or whatever. And then we'll circle back to the other two. Because each of them is a very interesting exercise in trying to restart this franchise many years after the fact. <laughs> uh, Hint, I like one of them more than I should. Uh, Quebec is a secondary jurisdiction of Canada. So, okay. Uh, it's a constitutional monarchy with a parliamentary democracy in the Westminster tradition. A premier, presently Francois Legault of the coalition Avenir Quebec, is the head of government and is invited by the crown to form a government after uh, such and such. So it's wait, did that not come? Oh, okay, it has a premier. Okay, so I guess Trudeau is kind of like, yeah, I know about you, but he's not like in it. Sure, I guess. Anyway, no, the Canadian one is Trudeau. Wait. Trudeau is the Canadian Prime Minister. You said he was the French one. Well, I was doing that voice because uh, my Canadian accent isn't very good, so I went with my very good French accent. Okay, okay. I thought we were talking about Europe here. All right, all right. Yeah, we're no. clearly not the... the B- Sorry, CIA. I think you've f- identified the wrong French. people. We oh. can't even correctly cause an international incident. 
Look, I, I think uh, if you go back and listen to our, our three colors episodes, I mean, half the time we don't know the difference between France and Poland. So it's true. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> accurate. The French <laughs> prime ministership went to a woman, Elizabeth Bonn. Born. There we go. We brought it back. <laughs> Did we? She was. She also lives in Paris, just like our hero. I mean, Britain. Tell us what the heck happened in the porn identity, <laughs> I'm, please. I, I'm, He's getting there. I'm getting there. I it's all relevant about Elizabeth background. Born, who is the prime current prime minister of France. She's a French politician who served she, since May of last year. Okay, coming up. I don't like any of this. How? <laughs> this is not an endorsement of any political. I'm not. I'm not figures. getting. I'm just. I. I said all I did was say who had a job. <laughs> I feel like we're getting there. I could have. I feel like, like you're falling in love I with had the French a, Prime Minister, waiter, and you don't even know. My waiter at Denny's name was Patrick, and I was like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> you just, oh boy. <laughs> Which is what I said to Patrick at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is happening. Well, animal. But what is happening in the Born Identity? What is happening in the Born Identity? Uh, this is kind of a, a lengthy synopsis, so bear with okay. me, but it reads thus. This is the story of a man, Matt Damon, salvaged near death from the ocean by an Italian fishing boat. When he recuperates, the man suffers, a tot- suffers from total amnesia, without identity or background, except for a range of extraordinary talents in fighting, linguistic skills, and self-defense that speak of a dangerous past. He sets out on a desperate search, assisted by the initially rebellious Marie, Franca Potenta, to discover who he really is and why he's being lethally pursued by assassins. All accurate. I really feel like you could have you could have made the whole thing work singing. Yeah, if I knew the rest of that song, probably could have. <laughs> um, pretty cool movie. Yeah, I like it. I I had I have seen the first three Bourne movies a long time ago. I do not remember them, so I'm essentially seeing them for the first time. But this, to me, felt like, I, I if I didn't, if I saw this right now and there weren't, and I didn't know there were sequels, I don't know that I would watch it and go, oh man, I gotta have a sequel to that. But I, I, I'm interested to see what the next two do. Like, I, I think this is like a good, solid spy movie. I'm generally not good at following spy plots, but I followed this one pretty well. Um, I think it's interesting. I... I don't know. I've never read the Ludlum novels, um, but I, I'm given to understand, Alex, that they are fairly different from the movie. Yeah, I'm not sure specifically about the first movie, how if it's a, a decent adaptation, sure. but I'm pretty sure they kind of vary wildly as they go. Okay. Because um, I think they're very much supposed to be like Cold War thrillers. Okay. That's my understanding. I could be completely wrong. And then obviously this is very much like post nine eleven, yeah, you know that type of angle. Well, it's interesting. I little bit of inside baseball for all you people who don't work in a library. We make fun of James Patterson a lot. Um, <laughs> we just do because he has four hundred books, correct? Um, and really good commercials. Can I recommend those? Yeah. Oh my god, they're so good. But there, there's a type of of book, and this is not a bad thing. That circulates a lot. <laughs> um, and that's Patterson, C.J. Box, Lee Child, David Baldacci. Um, Tom Clancy. Clancy, Grisham. Like, it's that crime. Wet. It just keep that, that, that just, there's a ton of them, books by those authors, Karen Slaughter. 
and a ton of people who want to read them and it's just it keeps going and i know that ludlam kind of falls within that camp yeah. but i always got the the impression that ludlam is is kind of a part and i don't know if that's because he's just not as prolific or I if it's because he's a little more literary so to speak um, I think and, and, it yeah. might be mostly because he's not prolific. I could be wrong. I know I have tried to read the first book before. Um, I was quite a bit younger, so you know maybe I could try it again and be like, oh, actually, I can get into this. Um, but I remember four. it being very different. I remember Bourne feeling a lot more like a um, Ian Fleming Bond kind of character. Like it, it was a little more like he was a little rougher and meaner i don't remember if the amnesia is even a plot line i could be wrong about that um i know the second book according to wikipedia is like totally different apparently um where i think this one only takes like a little bit from the uh the original one so i don't know yeah i i definitely have also heard him mentioned in that same breadth of those kinds of authors that just have that kind of trade could it also be that he's passed away, right? Could it just be that he doesn't have like oh, a he's not still putting him out? Yeah, Maybe he doesn't have possible. like a continu- continuing cycle of new books coming in. I think Tom Clancy has also passed away. Might have. I could be wrong, and I think I know he gets like a lot. It's okay. Of Ubisoft will continue to utilize. Correct. His name. Yeah, we'll no, never, that's we'll never forget. I get the Christie also passed away, and I think Ubisoft is still getting hearsed. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's Ms. Agatha Christie's yeah. recon ghost mission. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna Ms. they're gonna Marple turn uh, Agatha Christie's Fortnite three. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't wait for a battle royale made from one of her books. Correct. It's all it's all the the characters. I mean, in a way, the are they not a battle royale of wits? Pro and uh, the other ones. All yep. they're all, the gang's all here. Yep, they're all. But theirs. you can build. But you can build a ramp that goes like a thousand feet in the air <laughs> and then shoot somebody. I can't wait to play Murder on the Orient Express yeah. Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Just running up. It's, it's Train to Busan. That's all it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to me how, I, like I said, I mean, he, he may just be a little more literary or just not as prolific. But I, I feel like these movies kind of fit in, this movie, I should say, fit into that same idea for me where I was like, it doesn't feel that that distinct from other sort of spy-fi, if you will, thrillers that come out every couple of years, except that it's just sharper. It's just a little bit neater. Um, it just is done with a little more efficacy. Yes. Um, yeah. Not that I watch it. Because there, there are spy movies that are not action-based, like Tinker Taylor or some of the Le Carre stuff. And there are spy movies that are very action-based. Um, and this, I think, kind of falls in, in between the two. It is an action movie. But yeah. also doesn't like make it doesn't make you do action every scene like it. Well, this yeah. this is also something I was thinking of watching it is that you know we did just watch Tenet not too long ago. Um, Tenet's a very a movie that very much lives in the spy plot uh, and and the convoluted nature of spy plots. And I think a lot of Bond movies fall under that. And I think really the distinction that stands out to me for like why this plot is both easier to follow and easier to get a little more invested in. I think is because the the movie is about Bourne, the character, and it has to set up the stakes around him, but it's ultimately, he is trying to get out of the situation. Yeah. It's not, we have this spy, they're trying to stop a plot. And so they That's have true. to insert themselves into this plot to figure out how to stop it. It's it's like, 
they are the story. It's all happening around them. Everyone is looking, you know, all eyes are on them. They have to figure out how to get out of it. I, I mean, it, it, I feel like it's similar and we'll get into this too. It, it is similar to the John Wick movies where there's a lot of crazy details going on in those, but ultimately it's about John Wick getting pulled back into this lifestyle and trying to mow his way through a bunch of enemies to get out. Uh, that I think tracks tracks similarly and, and feels a little bit inspired by the ideas here. Obviously, Bourne is actually an assassin. We're saying spy yeah. movies, but he is he is employed by the CIA as an assassin. CIA, Treadstone, other other things. It's supposed to be like a CIA black ops yeah. thing. Yes. Um, Al- Alex, did you do the Rotten Tomatoes or did I miss it? I did. Okay. What I think we just was... barreled over it. We were we were too busy trying to figure out politics. That's what it was. I was looking up about you know the the French taboo. <laughs> it, it was it was an eighty four for the critics and a ninety three for the audience. Oh, we got him to do it again. All right, All right. again. I don't I don't give out freebies very often, but you All know. Right. Well, All I right. thank you for that. Hey, real quick, <laughs> just to make Alex mad, Alejandro Gemetti is the president of Guatemala. Hey, hey, Britain, can you do you, do you know what scores he just said? Can yeah, you? eighty-four for critics, ninety-three for audience. Okay, okay, just, just, just wouldn't that be great if I kept, if every time Alex did it, I was like, who's in charge of Senegal? <laughs> um, <laughs> the movie, I yeah, I I really enjoy that angle to it and the fact that it is about a character, and it it's you know, there, there's not a lot of, that's convoluted because ultimately it is yeah he was employed by this black ops organization he botched the mission he lost his memory he's trying to figure out what the heck he's doing the cia is trying to get rid of him and that's kind of that's kind of the whole gist of it um so it feels it feels simple but it also feels realistic it doesn't feel over the top um it it feels like something that could happen um the the amnesia is, is obviously a little bit convenient for the plot but not necessarily something that couldn't happen especially with the the fact we talked about this with memento uh really we needed to talk about nolan so we could talk about the Bourne movies that was the plan sure. all along and we knew this <laughs> <laughs> nolan crawled so that um, doug lyman could fly correct with with the memento you know we have the bits about he still remembers how to do stuff but not short-term day-to-day memory that is like a real thing we talked about it a bit there that you can still remember old behaviors without being able to retain or um, recall memories after like a traumatic event. So uh, it all tracks. It's just as convenient, obviously, but um, yeah, I think it's neat. I like, I like the approach of basically this guy realizing that he is kind of a horrible person that he would not like looking from the outside and then, you know, trying to understand if he can change and, where we go from there so it's neat yeah i think uh, born is an interesting franchise um because it starts in such a small place like i think the movies get fairly big Mm -hmm. as they go just in terms of like the action scenes and really the only big action scene in this is the car chase and even by like by like modern movie standards it's not that big yeah there's like a quaintness to it, which is yep. interesting. Um, but most of the other action scenes are are brief and and they're they're kind of matter of fact in a way. Um, 
except for when he uses a pen to stab a man mm-hmm. sure. who just kind of bursts through a window. That's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, the sound effects are... I'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but I like how small it is and how character-driven it is. And it really... I think that's really what sets it apart from other spy movies and other spy franchises. Because, um, like, the Bond movies, every, you know, the personality of Bond and the world of Bond, that's what kind of brings people in. But before Daniel Craig, it's not really about, like, character depth or, yeah. you know, character progression. It's really just Bond goes on a mission and he he sleeps with a bunch of women and he gets the bad guy and he goes to a bunch of crazy locations and uses gadgets and all that stuff. And then probably the other big one is Mission Impossible, which at this point we had only had the first two movies. So that was still trying to figure out what it even was as a franchise. Um, but Ethan Hunt is not a super like deep character. It's mostly just a yeah. vehicle for Tom Cruise to do crazy stunts. Um, and so it, it's interesting to have something like Born, where they actually just try and make him a human being who's trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. Um, and it never really loses sight of that, even in the sequels. I, I like, I, th- I think that's, that's a, a very cool thing about the franchise. Um, basically, I want to get to the Jeremy Renner one. I, I need to know what you guys think sure. of the Jeremy Renner one. <laughs> Cause I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. It's quaint. A little bit. <laughs> it is it does uh have the misfortune of doing a like car chase in a i i think that this happens in specter maybe where there's like a car chase and and he's driving like a small car am i making that up or is there it just also a small happens car in the italian involved? job sure is there just a small car involved maybe inspector maybe i'm just thinking one moment in that um well specter is the chase scene between uh him and dave batista and they're both kind of driving around in sports cars. Okay. Maybe I'm in a basically empty city and it's weird. Yes. Basically, I feel like between uh, the later Bond movies and Mission Impossible, I, there are about a million different examples of a car chase kind of like this. Um, obviously, John Wick Chapter yeah. 4, which we will talk about soon yeah. enough, has some really wild stuff with it. So it does, it does kind of, even though... One thing I think that really stands out about this movie watching it is how practical it is. Um, I think the the car chase does stick out for that and and the fact that it's all done uh, with stunts and looks really good. Um, It is is kind of a loss to like looking back on it and saying like, yeah, that's neat. It's fine. It's a fine car chase. Uh, And then you, you kind of miss the fact that at the time, I can imagine this being really oh, yeah. cool. I did not see this in theaters at the time. Um, the first one of these I saw was the Bourne Ultimatum with no context because my dad was like, this will be cool. And I was like, you know what? That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, um, I somehow saw both Supremacy and Ultimatum in the theater with my dad without having seen this one. Sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Power uh, Rangers with my dad. There you go. So, wow. Also good. Had to flex. Yeah. Hey, what can I say? <laughs> hey, that was awesome. You know, if I if I could have like a top five list of movies I would want to see in a theater, good. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, might be on that list. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie. Very distinctly. No. Um. <laughs> I, one of the things that I I've, I was 
hesitant about i think going into this one was the the fight scenes because a lot of a lot has been made on this podcast by me of uh editing in action sequences and dance sequences and i i know that i'm very nitpicky about quick cuts and versus long takes and all this other stuff but I understand that there's a lot of reasons there are shorter cuts than I would prefer. Sometimes it is about safety. Sometimes it is about, um, you know, doing the stunt in a way that like is, is going to be safe for everyone, even if it is not as visually striking or it's about covering up stunt people or whatever. Um, or there are stylistic reasons for it. The reason that I often get picky about it is because I feel like it bothers me when I feel like a movie is when they think that making that cutting it quickly is going to add the energy to the sequence sure. that actually just watching the progression of the movement will be energizing and exciting. Um, whether that's choreography of, of dancing or fighting or what have you. And, but so I, so I think at the end of the day, it, it is similar to maybe how Alex feels about speed ramping where it's like, I understand that there are, are all, there are also going to be moments where this is, there's a stylistic and artistic reason for this yeah. movie. And so for this, and I don't criticize it. I just don't like it. You look at Mad Max Fury Road. I get why they're speed ramping in that movie. It doesn't bother me, but I could understand why it, yeah. it, it wouldn't be for, for Alex. And I'll be interested to see how I feel about Supremacy and Ultimatum when Greengrass, and that's like his whole his whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you get really close up there, I call it the green zone, and yeah. you really understand what what what's going on, or you don't. But in this one, I kind of... I don't know. I, I kind of went back and forth on it. Like, I think the best example is when he dismantles the two cops when he's sleeping on the bench towards the beginning. Cause that basically what happens is mm -hmm. two cops are like, Hey, don't sleep there. And he like grabs one of their batons and they swing it at him. And then there's like a flurry of movement and they're both on the ground and he's got one of their guns. Yes. And I liked that because I didn't understand what happened. He didn't understand what happened either. So that kind of puts you in his mind of like, mm -hmm. Whoa, what, what did I just do? And so I think for that purpose, this movie kind of worked when those fight scenes were really this like flurry of movement and it was a quicker cut because he isn't, he's just going on instinct. He's not like planning it out and figuring out all these moves. So, so that, that worked a little bit better for me. I'll, again, I'll see how I feel about and it. it and I think it definitely better. does get clearer throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, the, yes. the fight scene in the staircase, you can definitely tell a little more what's going on. Right. Um, which I think works for that as well as he kind mm -hmm. of comes into his own more. Um, that is, that is neat. And I like that. I think the movie does a pretty good job of having the camera kind of represent the emotions sure. in the moment. Um, but there is also definitely speed ramping. I noticed that at times for like to make those quick cuts happen. And I'm not normally one who really notices it. I definitely did notice it at times here. The and second Alex that Britain brought it up, I was like, in. did you guys notice it, though? <laughs> Not because <laughs> it happened. Attention. It happened a lot. Yes. Yes. That entire, when he's taking out the cops in the yes. park, that entire thing is just speed ramp city. <laughs> which, like, which oh. again, like, I understand why either one of us would be like, ah, oh, the speed ramping, ah, oh, the quick cuts. But I think there's a purpose for it yes. in that scene that ultimately works for me. True. Um, mostly what I kept thinking throughout the movie was, he's so young. <laughs> he's, a, look, it he's is, a babe in arms it is weird <laughs> to look at him and realize like how close he is to goodwill hunting because i think yeah. when i think of uh born i think of more born ultimatum sure. born you know a few years later i think the look gets a little more solidified he's a little more of like a cool action star yeah 
uh, where this one he is just supposed to be a guy yeah uh, because he doesn't he doesn't know or remember his old persona yeah and Um, it's wild because like i don't think matt damon does not like look old now like he's aging brilliantly but it's just (laughs) one of those things where you don't think about how a person looks different this was 20 years ago like you don't think about it until you see the movie and you're like oh my god you're a baby yes yeah alex and i did recently see air and the man looks different yeah (laughs) great but different yes yeah, if I remember correctly, at the time that this was being made, at the very least, I think there was a little bit of concern about where his career was, because I think he may have had a couple of movies that didn't do too well. So there was kind of a, a lot writing on this movie in terms of, oh, is it does it make sense to put him as the lead in a spy action movie? Um, I don't know what Doug Lyman had done at this point, but he's a very inconsistent director let's say he's got yeah Um, he's an interesting he's a journeyman director who has made some really solid movies like edge of tomorrow is a lot of fun i like this quite a bit there's probably another one yeah i had really thought paul greengrass sort of originated this franchise until i was looking up and looking at you know watching the movie i was like huh this is it's not the same guy do you think do you think i could go find i guess maybe Born Supremacy was when? 2004? It's right on the cusp. I'm, I'm curious if I could go find a internet article about like a review or like box office that says the grass is greener on the other side for <laughs> Born Supremacy. I bet that's out there. And I, <clears throat> I would have almost like said 100% it is, but that might be a little bit too early for that, for someone to have jumped on. Because absolutely that would happen now. Like absolutely someone or, no would jump on that. Or you go find reviews for Jason Bourne, which say the grass isn't always greener on the other sure. side. Sure, because he, he only did Jason Bourne and not Bourne Legacy. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. One, of, okay. one of the Gilroys did Legacy. Yes. Yeah, he, I think Tony did. Yeah, the one, Tony is the one who I think is the writer on all of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony is the creator of Andor, canonically the best show. Um, <laughs> or, or, or the show that both... Uh, gave me so much more faith in Star Wars and also made me go, I don't need to watch any more Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Until So Andor much more faith two. in Star Wars as long as this is the only Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's Why a, spoil such a, a good show. thing? It's such right. a show. Right. But yeah, that's him and, and Dan who made... Dan made Nightcrawler and um, Velvet Buzzsaw. Sure. And Tony, I want to say, wrote... Maybe directed Michael Clayton, which is yeah. a, quite a good movie. Uh, Michael Clayton. But anyway, yes. Good old Tony G. Um, I uh, Just to circle back to Matt Damon real quick, because I think he's he's kind of perfect in this. I like him a lot. Because he really, he can sell the physicality of this... Born like really well. And I think that's just going to continue. Like, I don't know who all remembers like the marketing for Born Ultimatum, but there's just the bit where he's just like jumping between buildings and just smashes through a window <laughs> and the camera is just following him as he does it. Might have been a stunt guy, but <laughs> my point is Matt Damon sells the action just ridiculously well. And he also is able to play confused and even it's not quite naive, but he's just yeah. like puzzled, I right. guess. Right. Um 
he does a good job at just balancing all of that. I I do think he's almost a tad too young in this one. I think this problem will probably go away for me moving forward. I It was a little bit hard to imagine, like, okay, what would this guy actually be like as a master assassin? I think it does help that the other assassins in the movie aren't like, here's this this chiseled, you know, sure. stone-faced uh, force of nature. It's like, they're also, they look kind of weird yeah, <laughs> like people yeah yeah they, they just look at normal people they don't look like uh, uh, yeah they're, they're, it's not it's not schwarzenegger <laughs> right uh anything the, like that the like, jack reacher amazon show yeah yes yeah it's like oh these are like normal guys so and you know they're to some extent obviously the idea is that they have to be able to blend in and, and have a lot of different personalities so someone who is a little bit more of an everyman does make sense but there were times where i was like he's almost too uh innocent looking <laughs> for or plays it too too innocently for me to fully believe that he could have flipped that switch but he is such a good i think that damon's a very good actor i just have a lot yeah. a lot of fondness for him just in general i've I've been a, a quite a fan of his for a while and he is somebody who as as very very famous as he is and as very recognizable as he is I always buy him as just like a guy who lives yeah. in the suburbs in a movie who's just going to buy a zoo or whatever. Like I do buy like, yeah, that's a person. I, he doesn't feel to me like, okay, but that really Arnold Schwarzenegger just lives in that house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also this is not so much about his talent, but he did one of those, um, I think it's Vanity Fair, the uh, breaks down his career, uh, his most iconic roles, whatever it is. He did one of those videos a while back. It's really interesting. Um, I think he's a really interesting interview. He has a, he's obviously a very smart person and has a really good memory and tells really interesting stories about how various stuff got made. And he has a great, he has a couple of great stories about Robin Williams and Goodwill hunting and mm. um, how he, Robin Williams indirectly got him the part in saving private Ryan. Um, mm. Like a lot of really interesting stories. I, I really like that. So definitely go check that out. It's a, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. He, I under I I know what you mean of like playing off the the he is so confused. How can he also be this deadly human weapon? <laughs> and it, again, that kind of as it goes along and he grows into that more, that definitely starts right. to help it. Um, towards by the end, it's kind of like yeah, okay, well, it's the same guy, so I guess I guess it does check out. Um, but it, really early on, I was kind of like, is this gonna work for me? Is this gonna be too? Am I gonna be too distracted by the Matt Damon of it all? Yeah, to be able to get into it, but you know, not See, a major I, a major thing because it did pull me in. I actually thought him being on the younger side actually helped, um, because the whole first half of the movie, you're like, he's just kind of like a wounded puppy. Yeah, sure. I just feel really bad for this guy. So him being young, I think, just kind of you know blends into that. Into it. Yeah. What did we th- as opposed to like, oh, it's it's Sean Connery circa like Never Say Never sure. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he he lost his memory. I'm, you know what? I'm glad he did. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll make some better choices. <laughs> I uh, I really liked uh, Franco Potenta in this as Marie. I this is just very. This is a very Britain problem to have. I thought she was two other actresses watching this. I was like, oh yeah, this is like Aunt Jatrawa or Aunt Jatrawa, and I was like, nope, Man of Steel. I was like, this is Thecla Royton, of course. I was like, nope, that's uh, a different person. And I want to say Franca Potenza is Ron Lola Run. I'll have to check yes, that. That's it correct. is? Okay. Um, 
but I, I liked her in this. I liked the performance. I, I liked their relationship. And I liked how much the movie was about their relationship and how I bought the romance for a movie like this. That it didn't feel too, you know, James Bond, like, eh, they got to. Um, but it just like, yeah, I, I, don't, I bought the bond that they were creating the way that they met. Like, I honestly, the way they met, I, I kept waiting for her to be a part of the plot. That she was a plant by sure. Chris Cooper, um, and I like. Oh, that. that would have been. Oh, that that would have ruined the <laughs> right? whole thing. Yeah, like for in, sure. the, in the third act when he goes to confront Chris Cooper, she like shows up and she just points a gun at him. Oh, you really think I would have done? Oh, please, I can't get back to my house. All an act, Jason. I don't know why she's Gal Gadot, but. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like we were talking about this with uh, Perito last last week. That how like we wondered. Is he going to end up being a bad guy? No, and it's better. It's better yeah, that he's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and I thought that she was... was I just liked her as his his ally, and she kind of has a checkered, scrappy past, so she had her own, like, connections and, like, know how to get through stuff. And, and I, I don't know. Well, I, I really liked that part it, of the movie. It's interesting, and I, I promise I'm not just saying this because she is uh, another European woman who's sad sometimes uh but it is it does kind of remind me of uh three colors of blue okay her performance um like i I genuinely like i i feel like there's a little bit of that where it's like it's a pretty subtle performance overall it's it's you know kind of all of the facial expressions especially when you can see her kind of like falling for uh born at the beginning and then she sort of realizes what she's in for and um doesn't have a lot of immediate like outward reaction uh she's she's kind of drawing internally and, and being very cut off uh i think it's a, it's a really neat performance it's really interesting and, and works really well yeah i i definitely i definitely was a fan yeah i think uh what really kind of sold me on their relationship was just she had very realistic reactions yeah. to everything that was going on yeah. um and she was always asking questions and I'm like, okay, a person in that situation who's finding all this stuff out, like the second she finds out that Bourne is a killer of some kind, she wants out. Yeah. And it's only yeah. bec- and it's only because he goes, no, 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 no. There are people hunting us. We will both die if we split up. Right. Like we can't do that. That's the only reason she doesn't leave. Um, and I really like the bit at the beginning where she's like, no, I'm not going to take you anywhere. And then he just throws her the cash. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm still not going to do it. And he's like, all right, then give it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cut to them driving in the car. Right. Like, that's right. good. <clears throat> um, Yeah, I just thought it was just really natural and she just felt human. Yeah. Which I feel like love interest in a spy movie. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> not to keep harping on it, but... um. Andor is also a genre show that is very human and is takes a lot of sort of character <laughs> archetypes and makes them into people with souls and thoughts and complexities and yep. relationships. Um, yeah. Gilroy must be good at that. <laughs> but Possibly. yeah, I, I really, I, I really just, uh, yeah, I liked all of that. And I, I will say, I think the villains are a little more boilerplate. Um, yeah. I, I like Chris Cooper a lot as an actor I think he is such a good actor. You don't realize it because he just kind of melts into the scenery of whatever he's in. Um, and he doesn't often get to like break out of that. You like the Muppets or mm-hmm. little women. He's wonderful in little women, but, and I, I like him in this, but this is kind of the, like 
okay, if I just needed someone to know the kind of character Chris Cooper is asked to play, that. I mean, <laughs> he's stern and he yells and he's got a loose yes. tie. Like, that's the Chris Cooper archetype. And he's, a, he's a little slimy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his his scenes basically consist of him barking orders at his his underlings, including Walton Goggins. Yeah, it is. Fun. <laughs> Walton. Um, or telling Brian Cox, it's fine, it's under control, <laughs> I pinky swear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I will say, that is one thing that I, I appreciate that, you know, we have sequels to this. Because um, Brian Cox does get a little yes. bit more to do, if I remember correctly, in Supremacy. Um, so even though um, Chris Cooper gets killed at the end of this, um, we still kind of carry that forward. It's yeah. not just lost. Um, I do like the bit at the very end where Brian Cox is talking to that like subcommittee. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, so this Treadstone thing was a terrible idea, but don't worry. We've totally got it under control. <laughs> and by the way, here's this new thing that's totally not this over again. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, I... I I like the kind of political commentary the, there. I think that's that's nice, and yeah. it's it doesn't get in the way of the movie. It's just kind of a fun thing it, that gets added. Genuinely, going back to Andor, like, yeah, I, I think that is something that already sticks out to me. Only really having this and uh, that as the two kind of touchstones for Tony Gilroy, at least. Hmm. Um, the uh, I think both do a good job of pairing it down to like the politics are who has the power who is pressuring each other because like that's a really this could be a guy who's just like chris cooper could be a guy who's just there and he's he's banging his fist on the table and he's like i'm a big mean government man and then at the very end he gets taken into jail because the fbi is like we've been watching you and you did a bad job or whatever and you, you know like just somebody who's just like that's our villain stick him in there he's gonna be chasing born the whole time he's just once born we're not gonna get into like the powers or anything like i i could see a spy movie that does something like that where it's just here's a guy he's a bad guy he's a bad evil government man and you're not really going to learn too much more about him other than that he's the villain i think this immediately does a good job of establishing all right he is the guy who was in charge of born he lost born so he's you know freaking out because he has to get him because he has to answer to this i don't know what brian cox is supposed to be exactly if he's like a congressman or whatever it is some sort of government official uh he has to answer to him and brian cox has to answer to an oversight committee so they're all trying to like figure out how to navigate their uh kind of continued black ops operation without it all getting blown up and trying to figure out like all right how do we operate on you know deniability and make sure that none of us know too much and kind of uh make sure that Bourne can't expose all of us uh and we have to make sure that this other guy the president of uh who's the guy who gets shot wombosi yes yeah i forget where he comes from because yeah, they say he's the, the, pre the president of a country and then he like is exiled and uh in in paris i think under sanctuary i guess but don't worry he'll be uh, reborn as killer croc in suicide squad there you go i was gonna say we've i i i, I don't want to even attempt to say the actor's name because it's yeah sure. i believe I, it's adewale akanoye agbaje well there we go okay i believe right. official name pronouncer of the podcast Burton. there it is i was gonna say uh, of the three of us you would you would be most likely to get it right so i so apologize if any of that is wrong um but he's wonderful but we have 
he has been a continuing presence on the podcast. He he shows up in many a franchise in mm-hmm. not great roles. <laughs> um, uh, so he was in Suicide Squad as Killer Croc, which won Best Makeup specifically yep, for him. Of, so it's true. That happened. He's also in <laughs> Thor: The Dark World. He is uh, Christopher Eccleston's underling. Uh, okay. Oh. Um, he's in GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra as <laughs> Heavy Duty, which we will get to. All we right. will get to. I promise. I promise we will. And it, whenever we do the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, he's in the second oh, one. He also is Mr. Echo on Lost, where he's oh, quite good. Yeah. he's also in Ace Ventura when huh. nature calls. <laughs> what i had my one moment of like oh yeah that's a really cool role and then yeah just and then had to keep does. barreling over he's also in a uh, game of thrones i believe oh. he is the guy who's trying to sell um yeah he's a slaver i think he's trying to sell brawn and not brawn freaking jora yeah oh okay yeah very like an episode or two yeah 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 he's all over the place yeah lost is yeah. is for me my like hey there's mr echo yeah. he's great on that yep Nice. All right. I've not watched Lost in forever. Wow. Good times. Uh, but all that to say that yeah, where who that has man. the power and Brian? Cox yes. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they're they're trying to figure out how to keep everything covered, how to kind of have this whole operation be clean. Obviously, that ends with uh, Chris Cooper getting killed under Brian Cox's orders. Um, allegedly, I guess. Through uh, through. Th- 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 not not allegedly, but through, you know, again, keeping these kind of like possible deniability there. Um, it It is all, I think, very clean and clear and well done in a way that's like, yeah, this is how organizations work. This is how, I mean, anybody who's worked in a company can see like, okay, you, you have to answer to these people. That makes sense. Like every role has some people that they answer to and that is is how this whole thing would operate so like yeah that checks and it, it's not this crazy thing where like there's there's these big ideas that everyone's fighting for and they're all like nebulous and kind of like we have motivations that we're not going to explain to you too detailedly because we don't want to think about it too hard yeah. uh i think it's a really smart way to do a spy plot and i'm really excited because i know that yeah brian cox and um i believe the lady who's running the yeah uh, styles yeah, she the the woman behind the the phones and the computers in this one. Um, she Nikki. continues. Yeah, she continues showing up. I know. Um, and then Joan Allen shows up as yeah. kind of the uh, the Chris Cooper replacement, and she's yeah. quite good. Yes. that's a very that's a very good proxy for Chris Cooper. <laughs> yes, they they keep. She's awesome. I feel like they keep getting into that, and I remember a lot of moments from the next two movies that that deal with, deal with that. So, very excited about that. Uh, because uh, I think it's very smart writing so far. I will say, I feel like Clive Owen is underutilized in this. I don't know. Sure. I guess this is before he was, well, he has an, an Oscar nomination, but this is kind of, I guess, before he was more of a name, but Clive Owen's a pretty good actor. I like him and he doesn't get to do a whole lot in it. It's a cool part, but you know. Yeah. What, what would have been the movie that really made him more famous? Was it, was it Children of Men? Children of Men, like Closer was in 2004 and he got nominated for that. Okay. Um, and then like King Arthur, but I feel like King Arthur he had already kind of boosted from that, so maybe it was Children of Men. Yeah. Or or the, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a combination of things. I don't know. Yeah. I will say it is also funny to think about like 
Brian Cox just in pop culture was not as famous yeah. as he is now. Yeah. Um, and this came out, a, I mean, it came out a year before X-Men 2, sure. which is kind of the first time that he kind of yeah, registered got, over here. Yeah. Um, and I think he's, I mean, Brian Cox is just awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's very good at playing like just the conniving guy behind, you know, behind the curtain pulling yeah. the strings. And just saying whatever he wants in interviews. It's great. <laughs> and apparently helping host a James Bond reality show or uh, game show. We're going to watch it together weekly. Uh, Clive Owen is in uh, Sin City, so I think that probably, uh, <laughs> probably, probably doesn't boost the profile. Has he ever had like a win? <laughs> children of Men. Closer. Yeah, Children of Men. Well, I'm thinking, I, I guess I'm thinking of like a... Yeah, Children of Men would count. I guess I'm thinking of like a big like... You know, no. uh, like King big Arthur blockbuster like, like success because I see he was in a Valyrian as Commander Aaron Feelett. I think he circled uh, around franchises a couple times. Like I think he was one of the um, the front runners for Bond sure, when sure Daniel Craig was, was cast. I'm sure he was. Yeah, because um, I think he was one of those like, oh, he's a handsome guy who can do action, but we don't really know what to do with him because he's also really talented. Like he's not bland enough, you know. Like he is yeah, right. quite a good actor. I did want to ask what y'all thought of the confrontation between him and Bourne. Because it is fairly quick. Yeah. It's basically just he tries to snipe at Bourne. Bourne runs into a field and then catches him off guard and shoots him with a shotgun. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really mind it. Uh, this movie is under two hours, so I think that was yeah. a big part of my sure. like, yeah. And the next one is shorter. Su- I'm pretty sure they get progressively longer. Oh, no, the next one's like hour 44. Or 48. Oh. Oh, is ne- it really? Okay. Shorter. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, there. Ne- so. Never mind. Double check. Uh, I, yeah. I. Yes. So this is something I mentioned to y'all uh, <laughs> off off mic that the 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 moment when they're like, all right, all hands on deck. We got to take out Bourne. Yes. Uh, all the all the assassins in Europe, you're activated. That that made me like want to set up a point because that is definitely, uh, I think, an inspiration or at least the maybe the first. The first or one of the first uh, instances of a trope that John Wick uh, is basically built on, uh, (laughs) which is pretty fun. So in that regard, I think it, you know, it's fine that it's like uh, we have crazy guy who comes in through the window, Bourne takes him out, you know, Clive Owen, Bourne takes him out. um, And then we kind of get into the end where there's a few different guys who, who try and get to him. Well, I like how we have the fake out where there are yes. three assassins in that montage and you and you think the third one's getting activated in the third act to go kill Bourne. Yes. And then he just shows up and kills Chris Cooper. Yes. And it's like, oh, Chris Cooper didn't activate him. It was Brian Cox all along. That that was a fun little twist. I like that. Um, and the movie didn't need like a giant like shootout or whatever. Like the stairway scene yeah. is, is enough. Yeah. And like the most crazy thing is that <laughs> I mean it is crazy, but like by action movie standards it's fairly tame. Sure. Where Bourne basically uses a body and throws oh, himself yeah. off the stairs and shoots the guy who's running up the stairs in the head as <laughs> he falls. Awesome. Um it it's not physically possible, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Well, it's physically possible. It's just when you hit the ground, then what that's that's <laughs> what I mean. The the shot, whatever, fine. Yeah. I mean when he hits the ground. I started rewatching a movie last night that'll appear in a future ret commendation segment that I think takes Ooh. a lot from this movie. Um Ant Man? Yeah, Ant Man. I was gonna 
joke and say quantum of solace. It's it's predators. <laughs> it's not predators. Go. Y'all would know if I was watching predators. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, you would you would let us know you're entering the bunker. Don't yeah. disturb you for 24 hours. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is this is my only delicate. Suit, <laughs> come across a movie works sometimes uh, and every time i'm like next time baby sure um i i will say i i do think this movie works best in the quiet moments sure. um i really like the moment where clive owen is is sitting on the ground and born is like who sent you you know what are you doing here all, all these questions and then that uh, clive owen is just like look at this look at what they make you give and then he just kind of like keels over and dies well i love and the bit oh sorry go ahead I, I, that is uh something that will pop back up in a future movie so maybe that's why i remember it that line um but i think between that and there's also a bit where marie it, she's memorizing different things that she has to do to go into a bank to get information uh-huh. and born's freaking out because she's not answering the phone and she just knocks on the glass and she's like I just asked the guy. Yeah. yeah. He, th- he thought I was pretty, so I just asked him for the thing, and he gave me the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think Clive Owen has a line where he's like, it's the headaches, right? Like, don't you get yeah. don't you hate the headaches? Like, I like that bit. Yeah. Where, where you get this this moment of, like, he is totally aware of who Bourne is. He compl- This is a complete, he has a complete understanding. It's a complete part of his past, and Bourne is like, what are you talking about? Or he's like, no, I do know what that means, but I don't remember you. Like, I think that's very good. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that, in, at least in the context of this film, we don't know what Bourne in the past was like. Right. We know that he wasn't enough of a monster to shoot a man while his child was watching. Yeah. Right. But we don't know beyond that what he was capable and, of doing. And it's it's really fascinating to watch how Matt Damon plays the scenes where he's interacting with people who knew him. Um. And kind of how, like, there's uh, the housekeeper who ends up getting shot, um, yeah. who is keeping his kind of apartment ready. Uh, and she's, like, really happy to see him, really pleasant, no, you know, doesn't seem, like, super, like, scared of him or anything like that. Uh, while, like, the guys at the bank are a little bit more, like, everyone's stern and professional and, you know, kind of expecting him to also be stern and professional. It, it It's really interesting how all of that is is handled um, yeah. in a way that is, is clearly pretty deliberate. I agree. Um, I really like the final scene where uh, he finds Marie in her little uh, shop on the beach. Yeah. That's that's really, really sweet. And I, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I, I, I'll be curious on y'all's thoughts about moving forward with sequels. I, um, I do. But I like that as that a... Yeah. Idea goes... As a, as a button to this movie, I, I feel like yeah. it, it's it's easy to forget Marie, like, just being a part of it. Like, I, I feel like you could almost just go, oh, when he sends her away, like, she's gone. He's yeah. never going to see yeah. her again. And the fact that he actively p- pursues her afterwards is really sweet. Um, yeah, I like that final scene quite a bit. Um, and then it starts playing the Moby song Extreme Ways, which mm-hmm. shows up at the end of every single one of these. And it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they come up with like new like versions of it, so it, like it gets the, like bigger and grander. Like every Pitbull time. is in one of them. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, he, he showed up for the Jeremy Renner one. The the singer was like, "Oh, Jeremy Renner is in this. I've got to be a friend. part of it." The singer on board Ultimatum sticks out to me. That one is one that I have always remembered very clearly. So I'm excited yeah. to to relive that. Um, one thing, one just random note talking about like the practical stunts. I don't really know how they did. Uh, born hanging from the uh like broken fire escape oh yeah around the end like climbing around the building like that looks totally practical and really good i don't know if it's just like a stunt guy and they were just like yeah figure it out <laughs> we're like like because there, yeah. there's there's yeah, like a one tom cruise up there they hired, they hired yeah. nathan drake really quick to come yes, in pretty much there's there's one really particular shot where it, it kind of zooms down while he's hanging and we look we're looking down on him and we're, we can see the ground below and it's like it doesn't look like there's any effects going on here this is 2001 you can't just like you know pop that in there and make that easy um, in terms of making that a, a really realistic looking effect. So I don't really know how they did that safely unless they just didn't do it safely. Um, and I really, I, th- I found because of that, I, re- I thought that was really well done, like where he drops the bag and we see the bag fall all the way down and hit the snow. Um, that was like a really effective scene uh, in my opinion. So I like yeah. that quite a bit. There's there's touches of that that I really enjoyed uh, where it just, it feels very grounded. The entire movie does. And it was just nice to watch just like a, stunt movie you know yeah. that's not all C- oh, i hate cgi but like it was just nice to see that yeah um i just genuinely liked how the movie looked i i liked a lot of the scenery because they went to pretty places but they shot it in a pretty way mm. but also i, I like when I've, I've talked about this when i watch like movies from other countries but i like when countries that i am not used to are filmed not like a tourist you know what i mean where it's like, yep, this is the street. We don't need it's Paris. We don't need to constantly be showing you the Eiffel Tower. It's it's not sort of overdoing that. It's just like, yeah. yes, and now they're in uh, uh, Vienna, or now they're in um, Zurich. Excuse me. They're just kind of like going to places. And it's it's a a very lived in Europe. Yes, yes. <laughs> it doesn't maybe a weird way to put it. Exactly. He doesn't feel like he's going to the the uh, ad <laughs> for the the tourism yes. board, the tourism board sponsored. He's going to a real place, which makes it prettier to me. I, yeah. I love in Corey Dawes movies that it's not all just come see the wonders of Japan. It's like, here's, here's a small town. I'm like, I want to go to that small town. That food looks amazing. And I, I just really liked the way the movie looked. I, there's there's this pretty shots. It's not like overwhelmingly gorgeous, but it's just attractive, <laughs> which um, again, like I think Doug Lyman is a solid filmmaker, but I don't think of him as somebody who makes these like, Gore, he's not Terrence Malick, you know, it's not these just jaw drop. Oh my God, what a beautiful image. But I think it's just a lot of good looking places that I want to go to visit, but not get chased in. Right. Yeah, I think this franchise, um, once again, just kind of a counterbalance to something like Bond, which especially sure. early on starts off as very much like a travel itiner- itinerary kind of movie series yeah. where it's like, let's show the audience places that they've never been to before. And that's why they look so extravagant. Yeah. And that's, that, that's, they do that on purpose. And this one is very much like, no, this is a much more cynical grounded take on spy movies. So when Bourne is walking around, he's not going to stop to sight. See, he's just there to do a job yeah. or he's there to just find answers and move on. Um, so I think just on a thematic level, that approach, it's just, it makes sense. It's it's more of a street level view than we tend to get in yeah, big no, spy totally. movies like the the Bond movies. 
Um, I, I did want to point out there were a handful of places where the movie felt very dated to me. It felt very 2002. Was it the computer monitors? It was, it was the computer <laughs> Those monitors. Those are great. Yeah. So, no, specifically the montage where they're calling up all the assassins. Yeah. Just like the design is, it's just really cheesy. Yeah. And that kind of took me out. Um, cause I don't, I feel like Paul Greengrass, like just because of his style, like he, if he had made this movie, I don't think he would have done that. I think sure. he would have done it a different way. Um, but also, like I said earlier, some of the, the sound effects and with the action scenes, um, the uh apartment fight where the guy comes busting in and they're hitting each other like the sound effects sound like they're out of rocky or something like it's sure. just ridiculous um and i i or like an indiana jones punch that's yeah. what it sounded like i'm like this is, this is supposed to be like a grounded spy thriller <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that part when, like... when jason's like we got to get out of here and he and marie jump up and they run in the air for a few minutes and they thought like noise and then they off uh, the man gets a pin stabbed through his hand, though, in that scene. And yes. That's upsetting. And that, that effect of him, because they show him pulling it out. Yeah, it, and that's specifically, it is, it is through the same direction as a finger. Yeah. Through his middle two fingers. Yes. It's upsetting. I don't like it. But it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I do think that's a... Just in terms of that guy's approach, I don't know what he was thinking. Because <laughs> it's just a little weird that he just come kind of comes barging in with a machine gun. And it's not even like, oh, we're going to use the movie logic of he's got a silenced weapon or anything like that. Like, he's not trying to be sneaky. He just kind of bursts and is like, I'm going to kill you yeah. now. Yeah, then oh, Chris no! Cooper tells, he said, we said it was Nikki. Uh, he tells her, like, you got to clean this up. And then she's like, I can't, what, no, it's not, we've gone beyond that. It's yeah. like, why did you hire this man? What yeah. was the goal? I I like how the, the setup of the third act is born, like, like has gotten them into such a fervor that they're just going to destroy everything and move on. Yeah. So he catches them in the middle of like deleting all their files and like trying to wreck where, where they've got their stuff set up. I don't know. It's just. It, it's not the traditional, oh, the guy has a MacGuffin and he's going to activate it in the right. third act and you got to stop him before they, they exactly. do the thing. Like, you yeah. know. There's more coming through. There's all these different agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I really just needed Bourne to, to have like the giant suitcase with the red button and he goes, mission accomplished and slams his hand on it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a pin sticking out of his hand. <laughs> Uh, do we have anything else major to talk about we missed anything so i don't think i have anything i like the boat the boat's crew they they just seem like chill people and they drop them off and they move on and they don't get murdered by boring's shenanigans they just go (laughs) on with their go on with their lives um the the camera is really shaky during that part in a way that i was like am i gonna be able to get used to this and obviously it's because it's replicating like he's on not only does he has he forgotten everything and is very confused and like is is bleeding and wounded but also he's on a boat that's like rocking and crazy so yeah it works out yeah
I think I'm going B plus. Okay. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit rougher on the edges that you, you know you can kind of see see the wires, so to speak, in a lot of places. Uh, just for it being like a 2001 movie. Um, but the the just the foundation is very solid. Uh, and performances are great. It's a, it's a good time. Quite enjoy it. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go C plus. I might end up changing that and going higher, but it's kind of like I want to leave some room to grow for the next two. That that is something where yeah. I'm very curious because I I don't remember what the audience reactions to these are sure. or what my own reactions to these are, and I really have right. no idea what I'm getting into <laughs> in terms of. Like, am I going to go higher or lower? When I just, I like how it feels very like standard, but in a good way. And like a, it, it's not standard in the boring, uninspired way. It's standing in the, uh, confident, familiar way. And that it, it, it does rise above that a little bit. I completely understand why this was, would have been, would have hit harder at the time. And I also think that now when movies like this have to launch franchises or they are, they're either they either have to launch a franchise or they're afraid that they won't. So yeah. they either hint at way too much or they try to accomplish way too much. And I think this movie does the right amount of stuff. It doesn't yes. try to do too much, but it does the things it's trying to do. And it, it the, this is a a perfect setup movie in that it's yeah. it's good, it's very solid, and it creates characters that are going to, to stick with you. Yeah. So that when you hear about them again, you're going to be like, oh. Cool, but it is also a closed loop. Like by the, yes. if, if they had never made another movie, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's this movie, The Born Identity. It's a good spy movie." Yes. Or it's been, and and I I like that about it, and I I am totally down for sequels. But it doesn't, it doesn't beg for them, which which kind of harm which harms a lot of movies that either don't get sequels or get lackluster sequels. Yeah. So. Uh, I will go kind of in between y'all. I'm gonna give it a B minus. That was my other option, but who knows? Which, I may change. Makes it my third B minus in a row. So I, I would just like to, to read these off. Tenet, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and The Born Identity are all of the exact same quality. <laughs> and this is why grades are stupid. <laughs> or perfect. Yeah. Or perfect. Uh, this, this is Alex's trifecta. We open I our video. like that... That you know, obviously it's not the same as what I've I've graded those movies, but I I feel like that that tracks for me i can i can see i know like a I line a line where you can kind of draw the statistical line through like yeah these movies could be compared uh, yeah sort of on, on a similar trajectory <laughs> this movie doesn't try to do too much tenet <laughs> now well they all they all swing around it for different reasons I think. that's true, like they that's all, you true. Know, so, some of them do do too much but then they make for, up for it in other ways and like yeah yeah i'm on board yeah that's awesome that's consistency um, but yeah, I think this movie's solid. Yeah. Like I said, I think I prefer like the smaller character beats over like the actual action moments. I feel like that stuff falls a little flat for me, both in terms of editing and, and the speed ramping and then the sound design. A lot of that uh, it left a lot to be desired for me. Um, but I know Paul Greengrass is going to pick pick that up and obviously go a bit of a different direction. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to just compare and contrast. But it's a solid start. Are we going to do vantage point as part of this? We, do you think we can just can we just like take a little, little do vantage pit, point. pit stop? Uh, when we do get, it when we get there. I don't remember if that came out before or after Ultimatum, but uh, Let's do it. Why not? I think it'd be fun.
Do it for Thanksgiving. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's our art house. Yeah. Kind of prestige Thanksgiving. <laughs> pictures. It's, Blade, it's not Blade Runner 2049. You, it's not Midsommar. <laughs> it's not Bone Tomahawk. It's Vantage Point. <laughs> See, I wish we should... Vantage Point because it's such a like. It's it's just it's just very like wait. Who's I in wish this movie? we. I really wish we still had a YouTube channel because I would have compiled a playlist of like all of the random non-franchises movie, you know, all those movies that we yeah. do, and it would jump from Blade Runner twenty forty nine to to Vantage Point. D- doesn't Dennis Quaid have a movie about the White House or whatever a movie franchise? He he's one. He does, doesn't he do one of those two? Uh, no, White House down. Who does who does the other? Channing Tatum does White House Down, and Gerard Butler does the Gerard Fallen Butler's trilogy. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I I'm would like to of, say I, I associate uh, White House Down with um, Harvey Dent for some reason <laughs> instead of Channing. Well, he's he's uh, he's the in president? it. President, vice That's probably president. Why I yeah. um, I would like to list off some metrics for Vantage Point while I've got it pulled yeah. up. Um, so the runtime is an hour and twenty nine minutes. Oh, you, are, you want to talk about? You want to talk about a green zone? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, I, I I love how Tyler jumped to vantage point and not green zone for no. our extra. No, come no, on. Yeah. <laughs> this point, is, do it. This I'm not even. I'm. This is this is fully shameless that I just want to revisit vantage point. Um, it it has a 34 percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and a 57 yeah. percent yeah. audience yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the critics and the audiences both had a kind of a different way of looking at the events of the film. Yeah. They each had a different, shall we say. (laughs) Pete Davis, Pete Travis, Dave Peterson knew exactly what he was doing. All right. Travis Peter. Travis. Is this the guy who directed Dread? (laughs) Sure. Is it? He was just working out the kinks. Uh, Or maybe he directed Dread. All right. Although... I think some of that is. I think uh, Alex Garland had a good bit to do with that. <laughs> yeah, he probably like shattered. Can I just so imagine. so vantage point the cast Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, we got our Andor connection. Dennis Quaid, um, Matthew Fox, Zoe Saldana, Ayelet uh, Zur, who I believe is Vanessa oh, no. from from the Daredevils. She series. sure is. She's William the Hurt. Uh, just a Sigourney Weaver. All right. Just a who's who. Oh man! Did you say Domhnall Gleeson? No, he's a Sigourney Weaver. Where <laughs> I didn't know General Hux was in this. Now it's a real film. Is he? Is he? Apparently, as Clan Techie. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a few episodes. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm, I'm, I'm on the wrong page. I'm on, I'm on Dread. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that may- okay. All right. <laughs> You just had I got to... our <laughs> got our hopes up for nothing. Well, those, there's our Christmas Eve and there's our Christmas and New Year's episodes right there. It's the two Judge Dreads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's let's do the RoboCop movies and then we'll do Dread. Why not? Sure. Do it. Uh, I feel like I should have a recommendation for this week, and I'm probably forgetting something, but I don't think I do. Is it not Vantage so, Point? <laughs> well, it will be after I watched. It. <laughs> That's true. After I watched it, rated it A plus. Uh, what, what, what was the what was the tagline to Inception? It was uh, your mind is the scene of the crime. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, that just. Do you think Chris just spit out his Cheerios when he saw that? 
And he was like, Warner Brothers? <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> um, I, I want uh, Ted Lasso is still good. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel is, is good. Uh, I watched, I don't think I've watched more of The Leftovers, but I'm enjoying that. When I do get to it, I watched the first episode of Miss Davis. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to continue with that. Damon I think you're going to dig. I, I think episode two is going to hit you. That's sweet. It's I'm just excited. right. Yeah. Uh, Peacock is, is, Peacock needs to just like, I, I feel like they need to then. They they got me in with uh, Poker Face from Ryan Johnson, and now it's like oh, a new Lindelof show. Well, I get I should check that out. They need to like they need to stagger it so that like right when I'm about to cancel it again, they they put out something by Pete Travis or whatever. <laughs> Pete Travis. They put they just add Vantage Point. I'm like, well, <laughs> I gotta well. keep it for another month because I gotta watch Vantage Point a lot. Uh, no, they they need to add something by like. Uh, they, they need to pick up the uh the twin peak season four rights and sure you know <laughs> go to town um <laughs> okay uh i'm continuing to watch succession as it comes out it's still very good um i'm slowly working my way through legion uh also still very good and i'm like two-thirds of the way through the last temptation of christ <laughs> Would you recommend the first two thirds of the Last Temptation of Christ? I mean, it's good. It's it's upsetting, but it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird movie, and it's unsettling. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, I uh, <laughs> okay. Um, it is. Man done. calls uh, the basis of the Christian faith unsettling. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna start. I want to start a clickbait <laughs> website and start putting things we say on there to, to ramp up our, our SEO. I want to come into that. Yeah, people let's start. We're gonna drive rage here. Well, Alex, we've already got Zack Snyder fans. I you think. No, Alex, it's funny if you mentioned that. I just read Michael Chabon's The Yiddish Policeman's Union, and I would like to. No, um, I did read it. Uh, we, we should do. Um, we should do the the cinematic universe of biblical films. Yeah. And, God. End it with Passion of the Christ because I'm sure that would go real yeah, well. Do Last Invasion of Christ, The Prince of Egypt, uh, <laughs> and the, the, the Star. Um, hey, as long as we get to do Joseph King of Dreams, not just because Joseph, that's funny, but also Ben sure. Affleck voices Joseph, well, which go. is also funny. Nah. And then we'll watch All the right Mary, on. the Garth Davis movie about Mary Magdalene with Rooney Mara. Which is quite good. And the God's Not Dead trilogy, the quadrilogy, I, we, continuing to expand. Did we already mention Noah? And Noah. Yeah, there, we go, there we go. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, we've already we already started this with Man Evan Steel. and Bruce Almighty. It's all right there. <laughs> and right Evan there. Almighty. He said that. He said Evan and Bruce I Almighty. He said Evan and Bruce. Yeah, it's all Double there. prizes. <laughs> This is a horrible idea. The original, the Jesus Christ Superstar <laughs> movie from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got me into all this trouble in the first place. Um. Yeah, sounds good. We got, <laughs> we got a franchise. Yeah, we, I think we're gonna have to pivot from board. I think this is too good. <laughs> we're, you know what? To the reborn. Yes, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, can, can my can my review for the born identity be B minus? Not enough Jesus. <laughs> B minus, like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. <laughs> like Tenet. <laughs> they What's the last Jesus. movie, Alex, that I gave a C plus to? What's my oh, most recent C plus? 
Oh, let's see. Let's what what do we got here? What do we got here? Uh The 90s Fantastic 4. Yeah, I'm with it. Let's do it. Hey, hey. And then before you, you that, like, D3 the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> you uh you, you like you like Robert Pattinson and Tenet. Well, let me let me tell you about another guy who uh didn't have to come back, but he did. Uh, to, to sacrifice himself to save us for, uh, you know, all, all our... Hey, lessons. do you guys think Jason Bourne is a Christ figure? Because he does... He's left for dead and reborn. Yeah. It counts. It's sort of a subversion because normally, you know, Christ figures, you do the JC initials. This is, is oh, JD. yeah, that's true. And Jesus remembered stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, I totally know who I am. Don't worry about it. He comes out of the... the well, no, the tomb is empty. He doesn't come out of the tomb. I'm going to put the tagline, our most blasphemous episode ever. Well, we're not saying we're it's drive. bad or see, it's, I, it does, I don't. It, we don't have to. I can just say, like... <laughs> uh, see, you know. I really I really like the setup and payoff that occurred here. There's, there's a very s- cyclical kind of thing, because yeah. uh, once again, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started out by naming the fringe prime minister, Brit- and now we're talking about Christ. Bruce, are you still are you still working through your recommendations? I sure am. <laughs> getting there why don't you tell us what's going sure. on sure no i mean i watched the first two episodes of mrs davis it's fun i started watching shadow and bone because i can do what i want um <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I get a sort of perverse joy out of making my friends unhappy with my tv choices because <laughs> Do it, it for the clout. It's always so apparent what I was the first one to start Andor, I think. That's true. Um, I believe but you were. I will I believe you were, and then we all caught up with you. Yeah, and yeah. And then I am frequently like, Oh yeah, for all mankind, da da da. da. And then mm-hmm. these guys are like, Oh yeah, we're watching Ted Lasso and Leftovers, and I'm like, Oh cool, on Chicago Med. <laughs> um This other thing happened and I started Shadow and Bone, which actually is pretty good, the one episode I've seen. No, my I'm going to recommend a movie from last year, uh, and its title is something that Jason Bourne uh, makes a lot of in this movie. It's called Decision to Leave. It's (laughs) Uh, all right, all right. I'll hear you out. Okay, keep carrying. It's something that when the Lord God asked His only Son (laughs) to make a decision to leave, He did. The movie is not uh, based in faith, to my knowledge. True. Um, no, it is a Korean movie from 2022, directed by Park Chan Wook, and uh, the premise is basically that this detective um, goes to investigate the death of a guy uh, who, a mountain climber, who died during a climb, and while uh, investigating the death and questioning the man's widow, who is a Chinese immigrant to Korea. He forms this connection and obsession with her, and the movie kind of goes on from there. And I, I went into it expecting a sort of, like, more of a like an austere, slow burn kind of movie, but it's odder than that. It's funnier than that. In some places, I think it's sexier than that. It's it's just a movie that, the, the plot went different places than I thought it would have gone, and it's just presented really interestingly. Like, I've only seen Old Boy of, of Park Chan-wook's movies, but... So I, I can't really compare this to anything more recent, but I think that he just seems really interested in using the camera differently. Like, it's not just a simple, like, camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. Like, he'll just go, it's, it's almost like he's going, hey, what if we just move the camera this way? Or what if we kind of tilt it here? And 
just the way that they when the detective is investigating the the past of this this woman and her husband the way that they present him learning that information i I don't really how to i don't want to like quote spoil how he does it but that's really interesting to see um just the camera is really interesting in the movie the way he positions it and moves it around it kind of keeps you it kept me invested because i mean the story is very interesting but also just like oh i like the way this is being shown to me um the acting is really good uh the widow is played by tong Wei, who's very very good in it um and like i said is this funnier than i was expecting a movie like this to be like i thought this was going to be a much more of a like ah yes cinema and now we're just exploring this very intricate relationship between men and women berg yes very bergman very ozu and it is a very smart cinema movie but it's done with a lot more sort of energy and uh uh like I said, just humor. <laughs> like, it's a pretty funny movie. So I really, really liked it. Um, I got the DVD from work, so I'm not sure where you can find it streaming. But wherever you find it, you should watch it. It's called Decision to Leave. Well, I think we're about to make a decision to leave the podcast uh, until next week. Um, if yeah, you want to go catch up on Shadow we... and Bone <laughs> and then <laughs> Lock and Key. <laughs> If you want to find out uh, when we make a decision to come back, uh, you can find us online at herecomesequels.blogspot.com or on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all the good stuff. Wherever you're listening to us right now, give us give us a, a like and subscribe and, and stuff. Um, five stars. And uh, get, give us a... A, a, a fresh tomato uh, if you and, see us uh, somewhere if you see us somewhere tell us hey this is hey, this is for you there you go they got because you would recognize our faces yeah. um well and, they hear us um, talking about christ and jason Bourne, and they'd be like oh they need a tomato <laughs> help us get that overwhelmingly positive rating on steam thank you um Crunchy roll. Crunchy roll. Get us on crunch. Help us help us to fund a thousand chapters of a manga. <laughs> that's that's that'll be our next Oh project. look, they got Hunter Hunter, they got One Piece, they got Here Come the Sequels, they got Dragon Ball GT. Yep. They got they got all of it. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Y'all think the next Born movie should be called The Passion of the Born? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No further elaboration needed. I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. I've been Britain. And you're having a good night.